Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. In a world that has been used and abused, where there is so much prejudice and hate, would you travel to another dimension to find a better place if you could? You should think really hard before you try. Consider the possibilities. Consider the consequences. There may be better worlds out there, in alternate dimensions, but there may also be worlds that are so much worse. Welcome to Destination Terror, your passport to the scariest places in the world, from haunted hotels to locations of unexplained creature sightings, and now places you can only visit in your imagination. We will travel to places that will provide excitement, adventure, and horror. Today we're discussing the Jurassic Universe, a world that we once only traveled to in our imaginations, until Jurassic Park brought dinosaurs to the big screen. So if you're into travel and all things scary, whether your destinations are real or in your imagination, listen closely and you might just discover your next exciting adventure destination but hopefully not your final destination. Destination Terror is an EerieCast original podcast hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to send us a suggestion or submit a story with your own experience, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. If you enjoy the show, please follow and rate Destination Terror on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Also, check out EerieCast.com for more scary podcasts, such as Freaky Folklore, the podcast where together we explore horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. If there are other dimensions, there has to be one out there that is better than the one we live in. Imagine a world where we have all of the good but very little of the bad things of modern times. No pollution, no wars, no hate. It would be almost paradise. But how many alternate dimensions could there be? And if they exist, how do we access them? These were all questions that Dr. Christopher Bruce had asked himself since he was very young. He had not only dreamed about these things, but he had followed that path right into adulthood, to college, all the way to a doctorate, and now a place in one of the most prestigious research labs in the United States. Quantum Nexus Dynamics, or QND, was located in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. There were no signs in the building to indicate what went on inside. Most people assumed it was just another office building, it was a discreet setup, away from prying eyes. 
The Quantum Lab is a sleek, high-tech facility bathed in the soft glow of monitors and pulsating machinery. Chris, a tall figure with a wild mop of hair, is absorbed in the dim glow of the prototype temporal disruptor. Dr. Bruce, Chris that is, didn't think the world we lived in was capable of being saved, but he liked to think that somewhere out there, man had done things right. Maybe in another place, another time, man had made good decisions from the start. Maybe it was a childish fantasy, but it was his dream, and he would spend his life pursuing it, as long as the money kept coming in. A seasoned specialist in quantum mechanics, Chris was on the cusp of a groundbreaking discovery. In his state-of-the-art laboratory, adorned with complex machinery and glowing screens, he tirelessly conducts experiments to prove the existence of other dimensions. His current focus is an experimental device, a prototype temporal disruptor. Chris adjusts the settings on the disruptor with careful precision. The anticipation builds as he hesitates for a moment, glancing around the lab filled with scientific equipment and shelves of research papers. His assistants look on as he deliberately maneuvers the intricate controls of the prototype temporal disruptor. The room is charged with an air of scientific fervor, as if the very fabric of reality trembles on the edge of discovery. For a moment, Chris is taken back to his childhood, in his room surrounded by astronomy books. A poster of a rocket to the stars adorns his wall. The air carries the scent of old pages and the distant sound of the city. He remembers thinking back then, Someday, I will find a world where humanity got it right. Back in the present, Chris takes a deep breath, feeling a mix of excitement and apprehension. The room is now filled with the soft hum of machinery. He steps inside the pod, and he activates the disruptor. A blinding flash ensues, accompanied by a whirring sound that drowns out everything else. In a slow fade, the blinding light dissipates, revealing the lush greenery of a jungle. But not just a jungle, a city that has been enveloped and taken over by the growth of wild foliage. Chris doesn't get much of a chance to take it all in before the force of his dimensional travel hits his body like a ton of bricks. And then he was bent over retching his guts out. His stomach was spasming, his head was spinning, and his ears were ringing. The physical effects of dimensional travel had been something he had considered but had taken lightly. He tried to steady himself, but it was too much for his body and his knees buckled as the lights went out and Chris fell to the ground, unconscious. A tickling sensation on his cheek caused Chris to stir, his head still pounding mildly as he tried to open his eyes. He swiped at his face. Go away, Pepper, he groaned, thinking his schnauzer was nuzzling his face. Then his memory began to stir, and he jumped upright into the sitting position as he recalled what had transpired. At first he thought he had been dreaming, but no, it was real. He was sitting on the ground of a jungle-like area of green grass, with various trees and plants all around. He was taking in the surroundings when something pulled the hair on top of his head. Chris swung his hand at reflex to shoo away whatever was pestering him, but when a snort blew his mop of hair into his face, he froze in place. 
His eyes widened as he realized Pepper wasn't responsible for the persistent tickling. Slowly, he turned his gaze upward, and there, standing over him, was not his schnauzer, but a massive triceratops. Oh no, this is real. Frozen in place, Chris took in the majestic sight of the Triceratops, its curious eyes peering down at him. The snort that blew his hair into his face reminded him that he was no longer in the familiar world he knew. He was afraid to move. He knew very little about dinosaurs, and what he did know was just the educated guesses of scientists throughout the years. No one really knew the individual characteristics of real live dinosaurs. The Triceratops was large enough to crush him without a second thought, and its horns? He didn't even want to imagine what it could do with those. Chris stood there still as it sniffed him, until it decided that he was no threat. It then stepped around him, its movements languid at best. Chris finally exhaled when the creature disappeared into the thick growth of the forest. Then he was finally able to take a good look around at the world that he had landed in. He had considered many possibilities, but this one had never made it into his imagination. He was looking at another version of Atlanta, from a hilltop just a few miles from where the QND offices were headquartered. The city that was bustling with life in Chris's world looked like it had been overtaken by a jungle in this one. The paved roads were cracked where foliage had forced its way through. Vines embraced every building, snaking around them like veins. Staring at the overgrown and seemingly abandoned city of Atlanta, Chris realizes the importance of marking the entry point to the dimension. He understands that finding a distinctive and lasting way to mark the space is crucial for navigation and potential return. Considering the overgrown nature of the surroundings, Chris decides on a method that combines visibility and durability. He retrieves a high-tech luminescent spray from his backpack. The spray paint is designed to glow in the dark and resist weathering, making it an ideal choice for marking in an environment overtaken by nature. Chris carefully sprays a distinctive symbol on a rock that stands out against the lush greenery. The luminescent paint ensures visibility even in low light conditions. As the symbol takes shape, Chris takes note of the geographical features around him, ensuring that the marked point is easily identifiable. He considers the terrain, any unique landmarks, and the general direction he's facing, providing additional context for future reference. In addition to the luminescent paint, Chris deploys a small high-tech beacon. This device emits a low-frequency signal that can be detected by specialized equipment. Chris activates the beacon and places it near the marked area. The combination of the luminescent symbol and the beacon provides redundancy in case one method fails or becomes obscured by natural elements. He takes a moment to document the coordinates of the entry point using a portable GPS device. Having marked the space physically, visually, and electronically, Chris feels more confident about navigating this unfamiliar world. He understands the significance of leaving clear indicators for his own reference and any potential rescue teams or colleagues who might follow him into the dimension. With the entry point adequately marked, Chris takes a deep breath, adjusts his backpack, and heads down the hill to begin his exploration of the apparently abandoned and nature-reclaimed city of Atlanta. He was heading in from the north side, 
and had a perfect view of the downtown skyline. He had brought his cell phone to take pictures, but he wasn't sure if any of the phone's functions were still working, so he took it out and inspected it as he walked. He was in luck. Besides the lack of internet and phone service, everything seemed to be functioning normally. The path ahead led him through cracked sidewalks and roads where vegetation had pushed through the asphalt, displaying the relentless force of nature. Dilapidated buildings loomed on either side, adorned with vines that seemed to breathe life back into the forgotten structures. As he walked, Chris noticed peculiar signs, warnings of potential danger, and remnants of an abandoned city trying to convey its forgotten story. It wasn't long before the atmosphere shifted, and an unsettling feeling crept over him. He felt like he was being watched from every direction. The air was thick with an eerie silence, broken only by the rustling of leaves and the distant sound of unfamiliar wildlife. Suddenly, the tranquility shattered as Chris heard a low, guttural growl echoing through the overgrown streets. He instinctively froze, recognizing the sound as something primal and dangerous. The next moment, he caught a glimpse of movement in the foliage ahead. Out from the greenery emerged a pair of velociraptors, their reptilian eyes fixated on Chris. Panic surged through him as he realized he was face to face with living dinosaurs. The raptors, agile and predatory, circled him with calculated precision. Chris's mind raced as he weighed his options, knowing that outrunning these creatures wasn't an easy feat. In a heartbeat, the raptors lunged towards him, teeth bared and claws extended. Chris darted to the side, narrowly avoiding their attack. He sprinted down the cracked street, his heart pounding in his chest. The once picturesque city had transformed into a perilous landscape. As he evaded one threat, another emerged. A massive Spinosaurus emerged from the remnants of a building, its sail-like fin cutting through the air. Chris's breath caught in his throat as he realized the dire situation he was in. The Spinosaurus unleashed a deafening roar, signaling its dominance in this forgotten city. With raptors on one side and the Spinosaurus on the other, Chris found himself trapped in a prehistoric nightmare. He ducked into an abandoned building, hoping to find temporary refuge. The once familiar city had become an alien terrain where survival meant adapting to the rules of a bygone era. Inside the building, Chris discovered remnants of human presence. An old newspaper clung to a rusted desk. The headlines screamed about the resurrection of dinosaurs, experiments gone awry, and mankind's imminent doom. It sent shivers down his spine as he pieced together the horrifying truth. Humans in this dimension had tampered with nature, playing God and bringing dinosaurs back from extinction. The gravity of the situation sank in. These weren't just wild dinosaurs. They were products of human hubris, unleashed upon a world ill-prepared for the consequences. Chris was still staring down at the newspaper when he heard the shattering of glass. He turned just in time to see a velociraptor land on the floor near the entrance and skid on the broken glass. The velociraptor opened its mouth and let out a visceral cry, as if he was yelling, Here he is! I found him! Chris didn't know which way to go. 
The raptor was blocking his way out, so he really only had one choice. He dropped the paper and ran deeper into the building. He ran through doors and closed them, trying to put as many obstacles between him and the raptor as possible. He found a door marked Exit, but on the other side he found a stairwell. One way led down and the other up. Should he go up and possibly be trapped, or down where he might have a chance of finding a way out? The only thing was, down was very dark, and he had no light to lead him. So up it was. He lifted his foot to take that first step, but he felt something grab his backpack, and suddenly he was being pulled down the stairs to the basement in the dark. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. In the early 1990s, a literary and cinematic phenomenon was born one that would transport audiences to a world where dinosaurs once again ruled the earth. This is the complete origin and history of the making of Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park book series and its blockbuster film adaptation. Michael Crichton, a Harvard-trained physician turned best-selling author, was always drawn to the intersection of science and fiction. In 1990, he released Jurassic Park, a novel that would set the stage for a revolutionary cinematic experience. Driven by a fascination with cloning, chaos theory, and the ethical dilemmas arising from human interferences with nature, Crichton crafted a novel that set the stage for a revolutionary experience. He remarked on his inspiration, stating, Jurassic Park was my exploration of these themes, a journey into the consequences of playing with nature. Simultaneously in Hollywood, Legendary director Steven Spielberg stumbled upon Crichton's novel and recognized its potential for a groundbreaking film. Spielberg, known for his visionary storytelling, expressed his determination to bring dinosaurs to life on the big screen in a way that had never been done before. The first time I read the book, I couldn't put it down. I knew I had to bring dinosaurs to life on the big screen, Spielberg declared. With Spielberg at the helm, the production of Jurassic Park commenced. The team faced unprecedented challenges, utilizing state-of-the-art animatronics and groundbreaking CGI technology to bring dinosaurs to life. Interviews with the cast and crew reveal the immense undertaking 
and the infectious nature of Spielberg's vision. Actress Laura Dern reflected on the experience, stating, We were working with creatures that weren't really there, and it was a massive undertaking. But Spielberg's vision was infectious, and we knew we were part of something special. In Jurassic Park, The Ultimate Visual History, Sam Neill shares his experience with the beginnings of Jurassic Park. We always had a reasonable suspicion that Jurassic Park would be a success, albeit that we were sailing into uncharted waters. No one had ever attempted anything quite like this before, but no one could have ever predicted how successful it was going to be. But even more surprising is the way Jurassic Park has endured and become somehow part of the culture. It's often a family thing now, passed down from generation to generation, a rite of passage, where parents introduce their kids to the film when they reach a certain age. In 1993, Jurassic Park premiered, captivating audiences with its lifelike dinosaurs and thrilling storyline. The film became a cultural phenomenon, shattering box office records and earning critical acclaim. Red carpet premieres and interviews with fans showcased the overwhelming excitement and awe inspired by the cinematic spectacle. Michael Crichton worked on writing Jurassic Park throughout the 80s, a novel that catapulted him further into literary stardom than he ever imagined. Notably, the book diverges significantly from its cinematic counterpart, especially in tone and character development. The novel leans into a more horrifying narrative, with Ian Malcolm's demise heavily implied at the end. In the film adaptation, doctors Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, and Ian Malcolm are brought in to endorse John Hammond's unique amusement park. Unfortunately, what unfolds is a genetically engineered nightmare, turning the entire experience into a living hell. Jurassic Park made history as a massive hit, with some arguing it surpassed Michael Crichton's original book. Surprisingly, Ian Malcolm makes a return in 1995's The Lost World, a sequel that materialized due to the success of Jurassic Park the movie. This installment diverges mainly in a battle between Dr. Malcolm and his companions versus Lewis Dodgson and Biosyn, InGen's primary competitor. Four years post-Jurassic Park, something has survived on Isla Sorna, also known as Site B. Dr. Ian Malcolm returns to thwart John Hammond's scheming nephew, Peter Ludlow, from capturing the remaining dinosaurs. Another four years later, Dr. Alan Grant is lured to Isla Sorna on a search and rescue mission. The narrative unfolds with lessons in raptor communication, the introduction of a vicious Spinosaurus, and a detour into the past, exploring how Alan and Dr. Ellie Sattler's relationship fell apart. Post-Jurassic Park 3, attempts to revive the franchise surfaced, including wild story ideas like Jurassic Park 4, involving human-dino hybrids, Eventually, Jurassic World emerged as the franchise's new era, with director Colin Trevorrow at the helm. 22 years after the apparent collapse of John Hammond's dream, Jurassic World is open for business. Introducing trilogy stars Owen Grady, played by Chris Pratt, and Claire Deering, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. The park is marred by a psychotic genetic hybrid. Following the Jurassic World incident, Owen and Claire are recruited to recover the remaining dinosaurs on the ruins of Isla Nublar. Once again, humanity's ventures in genetic engineering backfire, leaving dinosaurs to roam freely worldwide. 
Set during events in the Jurassic World trilogy, Camp Cretaceous uses a TV show format to plunge its youngest campers into dino danger. The series balances cuteness with horror, making it a must-watch for Jurassic Park fans. The end of the Jurassic era sees a reunion of Owen and Claire, introducing them to doctors Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler, and Ian Malcolm, remaining quiet about the details to avoid spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. One hint is clear. There are more dinosaurs to contend with. In addition to movies, Jurassic Park wasn't immune to tie-in video games. Notable entries include Jurassic Park in 1993, a diverse gaming experience with a Super Nintendo version featuring first-person shooter sequences and computer reboot tasks, while the Sega Genesis version is a side-scrolling shooter fighter. Jurassic Park Rampage Edition, 1994, a brutal follow-up where Alan Grant crashes back onto Isla Nublar, fighting off dinosaurs and engine personnel. Jurassic Park 2 The Chaos Continues Super Nintendo 1994, a side-scrolling game where Alan Grant tries to stop Biosyn employees from raiding the island for dinosaur specimens. The Lost World Jurassic Park 1997, a video game allowing players to control several dinosaurs, and Dr. Sarah Harding, Julianne Moore's character from the film. Trespasser 1998, a digital sequel where a woman crash lands on Isla Sorna, surviving dinosaurs years after the Lost World. Warpath Jurassic Park 1999, an officially licensed fighting game featuring dino fights, possibly influencing prize fights in the Jurassic World saga. Jurassic Park Operation Genesis 2003, a park sim game allowing players to build and maintain their own Jurassic Park during the Jurassic Park 3 era. Jurassic World Evolution Games 2018 to 2021, modern versions of park sim games allowing players to build and manage their own dinosaur parks, featuring the voice of Jeff Goldblum and Bryce Dallas Howard. As Jurassic Park celebrates its 30th anniversary this year, its legacy, filled with proof of its impact on pop culture, stands as proof to the enduring fascination with dinosaurs and the cinematic universe that brought them back to life. For a deeper dive into the history of the first three Jurassic movies, enthusiasts should explore Jurassic Park, the ultimate visual history. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Kicking and screaming was about all that Chris was able to do as he was drugged down the dark stairwell until something hard hit him over the head. 
sending him spiraling into a peaceful abyss. When he awoke, he thought he must be dreaming, because his surroundings were unlike anything he had ever witnessed. He was lying on some sort of makeshift bed, and what looked like a tunnel, but there were shadows dancing around on the walls and ceiling, from a fire burning somewhere. He could hear people talking and even laughing, so he lay as still as possible, trying to make sure it was safe before his attackers became aware that he was conscious. Well, you can't fool me. I know you're awake, Sonny. He heard an old voice speak. He knew he had been made, so he opened his eyes and searched out the source of the voice. It was an older man sitting not far from him in an old metal lawn chair. His face was haggard with a bushy white beard, caked with dirt from days without bathing. He reminded Chris of the homeless guys that slept outside the parking garage at the laboratory. He eyed the man with curiosity and caution. Where am I? He finally asked. You're in Lower Atlanta, the old man answered. Have you hit your head or what? The old man snickered. I hit you in the head. Sorry about that, but you were wailing like a baby. So I had to shut you up before you led them straight to us. What do you mean, Lower Atlanta? Chris asked. You're not from around here, are you, kid? He eyed Chris with curiosity. This is the sewers, underneath the city. Where in the hell did you come from to not know that? Everyone left lives in the sewers. Chris blinked in disbelief. Sewers? He had landed in a hidden community beneath the city, and the realization hit him with a strange mixture of relief and bewilderment. He struggled to sit up, taking in the surroundings. The makeshift bed he lay on was just one of many in a dimly lit tunnel. The play of firelight on the walls revealed an intricate network of tunnels, haphazardly adorned with salvaged materials and remnants of a life lived in seclusion. The old man chuckled at Chris's bewildered expression. You really are new here, aren't you? What's your name, Sonny? Chris hesitated for a moment, contemplating how much he should reveal. It's Chris, he replied cautiously. Chris Bruce. Well, Chris Bruce, welcome to Lower Atlanta. My name's Jeb. I'm something like the welcoming committee around here, though we don't get many newcomers. Lower Atlanta, a hidden city surviving in the sewers beneath the overgrown city. The newspaper he had found in the abandoned building made sense now. This was a refuge for those who had chosen to evade the dangers above ground, where dinosaurs roamed freely. Jeb leaned back in his chair studying Chris. You must be wondering how you ended up here. I'll save you the trouble of asking. We saw you appear out of thin air like some ghost just dropped you here. Not every day we get a visitor from another dimension. Chris's eyes widened. You know about other dimensions? Jeb chuckled again, revealing a mouth missing several teeth. We might not be fancy scientists, but we're not oblivious either. We've seen strange things happening around here, especially since those oversized lizards took over the city Figured there must be some dimensional shenanigans going on. Chris's mind raced with questions. Why are you living down here? 
And those dinosaurs, how did they end up like this? Jeb sighed, his expression turning somber. It's a long story, Chris. Back in the day, folks were playing God, trying to bring dinosaurs back from the dead. Thought they could control them, use them for who knows what. Well, it didn't take long for everything to go south. The city became a battleground between man and dino. Most folks fled to the sewers for safety, and that's where we've been ever since. As Jeb spoke, Chris began to understand the gravity of the situation. Humans in this dimension had made mistakes similar to those in his own world, playing with forces they couldn't comprehend. The consequences were apparent. The city above was a jungle inhabited by creatures that should have been extinct for millions of years. Jeb leaned forward, a spark of curiosity in his eyes. So, Chris Bruce, from another dimension, what brings you here? Ain't every day we get a visitor like you. Chris hesitated, weighing his words. I'm a scientist. I built a device to travel between dimensions. I was hoping to find a world where things went right, where humanity made better choices. Jeb let out a hearty laugh. Well, Sonny, you picked the wrong place for that. This city's a mess. And I reckon it's the same in most other dimensions. But if you're looking for answers, maybe, maybe you'll find them. We've been surviving down here against all odds. And maybe you got something that can help. Chris nodded, a sense of responsibility settling over him. He had inadvertently become a stranger in a strange land. And perhaps he could offer something to these people living in the shadows. Thanks for not letting those raptors get me, Chris said, expressing his gratitude. Jeb grinned, revealing the warmth in his weathered face. Well, we can't let newcomers become dino chow, now can we? You stick with us, and maybe we'll find a way for you to get back to your own dimension. In the depths of Lower Atlanta's subterranean refuge, Chris was quickly integrated into the survival routines of the community. He learned how they navigated the maze of tunnels, the strategies they employed to avoid the dangerous creatures that occasionally ventured into their makeshift sanctuary, and the various skills they had honed for survival. He admired their ingenuity and how they had managed to corral and raise small animals for meat and grow fresh vegetables underground. They truly were survivors. As the days passed by, Chris became an invaluable member of the subterranean society his scientific knowledge and resourcefulness offered a glimmer of hope to the inhabitants, sparking discussions about potential solutions for their predicament. Chris had been there almost a week, longer than he had planned, when one evening Jeb beckoned Chris to join him as he sipped a warm drink by the fire. Chris, you've been here long enough to see how things are. You've got knowledge and tools that could change the game for us down here. Jeb began, his eyes reflecting both weariness and determination. I've been thinking. Maybe you could take some of us back with you. Chris's brow furrowed as he considered Jeb's suggestion. Was it possible? He wouldn't be able to take more than a few people at a time, but maybe. After extensive discussions and calculations, Chris devised a plan 
to take several people at a time back to his dimension with him, starting with the children. The rationale was twofold. The smaller the group, the easier the extraction, and the younger survivors would adapt more seamlessly to the challenges of the unknown. Chris had been working on modifying his return disruptor, and it only took a few extra days to adjust it. He called everyone together, and they decided who would go first. They started with the smallest children that could walk. The youngest would later accompany their mothers. The small group, along with several of the men, carrying guns for protection, traveled back to the hill where Chris had first arrived. As the modified disruptor hummed to life, Chris, accompanied by a small group of brave children, embarked on their first escape mission. The journey through the rift was disorienting, with flashes of alien landscapes and echoes of distant roars reverberating in the background. Yet their determination propelled them forward, and they safely appeared, disoriented but safe, in the laboratory at QND headquarters. Encouraged by the success of the first mission, Chris continued his efforts, rescuing survivors one small group at a time. Even though the other scientists at QND were warning him of dire consequences, but Chris wouldn't listen. He was too impassioned with saving the lives of his new friends. However, as the rescues continued, an unforeseen consequence began to unfold. With each passage through the rift, a minuscule tear in the stabilizers developed. Chris, engrossed in the urgency of saving lives, initially overlooked the gradual degradation. During his last dangerous retrieval mission, the stabilizers reached a critical point. The rift, instead of sealing cleanly, left a jagged opening through which a distorted image of prehistoric landscapes materialized. Chris, seeing the impending danger, rushed the remaining survivors through the rift, hoping to escape the impending chaos. Just as the last person made it through, the rift tore wider, and the distorted image clarified into a nightmarish reality. Dinosaurs, grotesque and otherworldly, slipped through the opening into Chris's dimension. Their roars echoed through the building, as velociraptors scooped up scientists and civilians alike, ripping them to pieces. As chaos unfolded, Chris understood the bitter lesson that his attempts to save lives from a failed dimension had unleashed an even greater threat. The dinosaurs now roamed in both worlds. Chris hadn't learned from what he had witnessed in Jeb's world, where dinosaurs now ruled the Earth, after the carelessness of man's actions. Chris, with the best intentions, had tried to play God as well. His world, though not perfect, was now headed down the same destructive path. Man had once again continued to repeat the same mistakes. Thank you for joining us to explore the Jurassic Universe. Tune in next week as we discuss another terrific location. I'm Carmen Carrion. Remember, you can send me suggestions and stories of terrifying locations to my email, carmencarrion at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter at Carmen Carrion. Be sure to check out eeriecast.com for more terrifying podcasts. Until next time, be safe out there. Until I see you at our next destination.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.